Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, we'd like to read responsively. That means I'll read verses 1, 3, and 5. Would you read with me the even number verses, verses 2, 4, and 6? Once again, that's Jeremiah chapter 9, and verses 1 through 6, and reading responsively. Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them, for I all adulterers and assembly of treacherous men. And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Lord. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. For every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanders. And they will deceive every one his neighbor, and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies, and worry themselves to commit iniquity. Thine habitation is in the midst of the seed. Through deceit they refuse to know me, saith the Lord. And allow me to read verses Isaiah 59, verse 14. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, it's so good to be back in the house of God. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to every heart of every person within the sound of this voice. Lord, we're not online this morning here, and that's really maybe a sad thing. Maybe we should be online, but Lord, this is a church body, and so I pray that you would bless and the, 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 the hearers, Lord, that they would have ears to hear, not only physical ears, but spiritual ears. Speak to every heart, we pray. We pray for our entire church body, those that cannot be here today. Lord, I pray a blessing upon them as well. May it be said by all those that it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. It's good to be back in the pulpit of uh, the house of God again this morning. Just for the record, I'm glad to be here this morning. And after a mistake from last Sunday, and we won't say any more about that, just one, just one small, small negative, whatever. I'm, I'm trying, I'm perfectly healthy as far as I healthy goes in regards to that C word that I don't like to even say. And, uh, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying to social distance on purpose here. I'm trying to be the leader here. So just for this week here and uh, going forward, things may lighten up eventually a little bit, but I'm trying to be a good boy. And so I don't want anybody to take things personally, of course, just uh, trying to be safe. That's all. It's just uh, that simple. Jeremiah chapter nine this morning, two verses for you that were not here two Sundays ago. We preached on Jeremiah seven, two Sundays ago when God judges a nation. And our, one of our premises was that judgment is not coming, judgment is here now. But most people are so spiritually dull they can't see it, don't realize it, don't understand it. Jeremiah, the prophet, was not popular. He was not pleasing. Uh, he, was, uh, he was known as the weeping prophet. And we read about that in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. He says, oh, that my, my head were waters and mine eyes... Uh, a fountain of tears. He wrote the book, in case you don't know, the five chapters of Lamentations following Jeremiah. He wrote and he preached for 40 years. He was not popular. He was not pleasing. But he preached what thus saith the Lord. And it, his message was not comforting, I'm afraid to tell you. 
He preached about captivity, and it came to pass. Now, I don't want to be a prophet of doom, a prophet of gloom. And uh, I said, made some statements last couple of weeks ago, and I still feel as strong as ever in regards to, I think, America's best days. I think it's safe to say, I, I hate to say it. I hope I'm wrong. I, if you disagree with me, thank, thank God. I'm glad you disagree with me. I think our best days could be behind us, I'm afraid. And I hope I'm wrong about that. I know God can turn and God can do miracles. I understand that. But our nation has turned its back on God, like Judah of old. And... Uh, I want to notice two verses of Scripture. Really, there's two of, the, of, of a few dozen verses that we could see in Jeremiah. I read the balance of the book here in the last couple of weeks here, and the entire book, and there's many verses that we could use. But verses 3 and 5 are our so-called text verses. Jeremiah said, They bend their tongues, this is the leaders especially of Israel or of Judah, like their bow for lies. They love to lie. But they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. They don't want truth, for they proceed from evil to evil. They know not me, saith the Lord Jehovah. Verse 5. And they will deceive everyone his neighbor. They love to lie. And will not speak, notice, the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies. They taught their tongue to speak lies. And worry themselves to commit iniquity. They, they commit iniquity all day long. They've exchanged good for evil and evil for good. And we have a crisis today. We read the verse Isaiah 59 and verse number 14, the similar passage of Isaiah's prophecy. For truth is fallen in the street. We have a truth crisis in America. We have the cancellation culture that we're in, the cancellation of truth. I want to deal with the truth this morning. Let's make our prayer once more. Heavenly Father, in the moments that we have together this morning, Lord, guide my lips. Lord, use your word to teach us from thy, from thy Holy Spirit. Lord, do a work that only you can do through the hearts and lives of people. Dear God, bless this, your congregation, this morning. Again, Lord, I do pray for those that can't be with us and are not with us this morning, Lord. But we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Lord, we know that your word will not return void. So I pray for the whatever it is in the sound of my voice, the 50 or 60 or whatever it is, number of people within the sound of this voice, speak to hearts afresh and anew as you spoke to my heart throughout this preparation of this message, we pray. We'll thank you for it. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Judah, the southern kingdom, the last two kingdoms, of course, the northern kingdom, as we referenced two weeks ago, has already fallen a hundred and something years before. Judah has been invaded by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, of course, and they would go into captivity essentially for 2,600 years until our, some of our lifetimes, or 10 years before I was born, 1948. Judah, like America of 2021, had some crises in their, their country that led to their demise. But I want you to notice that this, this morning, in way of just an introduction, in way of just bullet points, Judah's crisis, like America's crisis, was not a treasury crisis. Their treasury was depleted. Our treasury is depleted in America. I Googled this morning on purpose, of course, obviously. We're $28.7 trillion in debt. You can't even fathom that. That's like second $100 bills almost from here to, uh, proverbially speaking, it's hundreds of miles in the air, literally. We'll never dig ourselves out of this here. We're $28 million in debt and climbing. We have, a, we have a treasury crisis in America, but that won't be our demise. It is part of our demise, but it's not really our, 
We, we could get past that with God's help. Judas crisis, America's crisis, like Judas crisis, is not a treasury crisis. It's not a terrorist crisis. We're hearing a lot about terrorists today. We used to talk about ISIS and about uh, uh, Al-Qaeda and so forth. Now we talk about protesters of a certain stripe, that some are allowed to protest, others are not allowed to protest, and some are terrorists and others are patriots, depending on which side of the aisle you, you prefer to be on. But the, the Judah had terrorists in their midst. We could talk about the Philistines or the Moabites and Ammonites and certainly the most prescient in regards to the current uh, Jeremiah 9 would be the Babylonians themselves that are on the Medes and the Persians would be terrorists in there. America says terrorists. It's a crisis in our land. We'll celebrate 20 years. I know we celebrate, we'll remember 20 years here. It's 9-11 coming up in uh, uh, this year, of course, of the terrorist attack on our country, terrorists from without. It's a problem, but it's not the problem. Treasury, the treasury problem is a problem. It's a crisis, but not the crisis. Then there's not even a t- treasonous crisis. I, I think when I think of treason, I think of those from within. Jeremiah and Judah had crises from within their, their halls of government. Those that were anti-Jehovah, anti-God. We have those within our halls of government that are anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible. We have folks that are in the highest offices of the land that vote for communists, literally vote for communists. And I'm not making this up. Those on the communist platform party to be uh, president of the United States in our country. We have a treasonous problem. We have a treasonous crisis, rather a terrorist crisis, a treasure, treasure crisis. But our greatest crisis, like Judah of old, is not any of those three. Our, the crisis that we really are, should be concerned about is the, the crisis of truth. The crisis of truth, a truth crisis. We are in a cancel culture of biblical truth. If you glance over to chapter 7, verse number 28, if you would, please. Notice what it says there. But thou shalt say unto them, this is a nation. In America, we could put ourselves right in that category. This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth, notice, is perished and is cut off from their mouth. And uh, they, there's, the Bible says there will become a time when the truth will become, a, Romans chapter 1 and verse 28, truth will become a lie. And they exchange the truth of God, uh, change the truth of God into a lie. There is no yearning for the truth. If we, this is all a way of introduction, I just want to lay the groundwork here and we'll get right to the message here in just about two minutes. But they exchanged Truth, there was no yearning, yearning for truth. If you study this book of Jeremiah, they didn't yearn, they didn't desire the truth. They didn't want to hear, even hear it. There was no speaking of truth. In Jeremiah, or rather Isaiah 30, verse 10, another parallel passage, it says, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Don't tell us the right things, don't tell us the truth. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. And so there's no yearning for truth, no speaking truth, no inward truth. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? People that don't have Christ in their heart, we just sing on purpose, into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. If you don't have Christ in your heart, how can you think right if you don't have Christ in your heart? And so there's no inward truth, no speaking of truth, no yearning of truth. Fourthly, on my little subpoints here, not in your bulletin. Therefore, there's an absence of truth. There's a forsaking of truth, a despising of truth, a departure from truth, a falling of truth. Truth has fallen away. I would submit to you in America, truth has perished from our land. And without truth, there's no help, no hope. 
and no salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so, so in particular, our thesis this morning, and it's on the bulletin. I want you maybe want to follow along and read it with, with me or see it with me at least. Our world, particularly our America, like Judah, is rejecting truth. Vainly, we are attempting to change, which is an oxymoron, truth is constant, or exchange truth and tr- truth with lies. And this cancel culture is not canceling, not just canceling truth, but it's replacing truth with alternate truth if there is such a thing, and I speak as a fool. Truth is, again, constant. So I, I see four rejections throughout Jeremiah that Judah, the southern kingdom, rejected, that America is rejecting the four same things that will bring the demise of our country, the judgment of our country. It's already bringing judgment upon our country, I'm totally convinced. If we were to study and dissect, we could find many dozens of verses, I'm convinced, of all four of these points throughout Jeremiah, but for time's sake, we'll just soundbite. I want to give you the first rejection of truth that America is following along the same path that led to judgment of Judah. We are rejecting, like Judah of old, there's the rejection of the Holy Scriptures. The rejection of the Holy Scriptures. The Bible says, all Scripture. Hey, we're more than New Testament Christians. We're Bible Christians, by the way, Christian. You may not understand that, but... You know, we used to pride ourselves, and I've said many times that we're New Testament Christians. We are. But that doesn't mean we forsake the Old Testament. That doesn't mean the Old Testament doesn't have things for us. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. In Psalm 119, verse 160, the Bible says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. But Jeremiah chapter 11, you can turn there in your Bible. It's just a couple pages away. Jeremiah chapter 11, verse number 21. Speaking of Jeremiah, Therefore thus saith the Lord of the men of Anathoth, that they seek thy life. They seek Jeremiah's life, in other words. Saying, prophesy not unto us, not, not in the name of the Lord, that thou die not at our hands. They, they hated the prophet of the Lord. Three times he was imprisoned. We, from church history, we believe that Jeremiah was, was martyred, of course, for his, his preaching, his not popular, but his unpleasing preaching, his, his preaching of captivity that they did not want to hear. In Jeremiah twenty nine nineteen, let me just quote the verse to you. Because they have not hearkened to my words, saith the Lord, which I sent unto them by my servant the prophets, rising up early and sending them, but ye will not hear, saith the Lord. We are a nation that's chose not to hear the word of God. In 1962 and 1963, one woman by the name of Madeline, do you know it, Murray O'Hare, for you older folks, for younger people, you never heard this history. There used to be a day in our public schools and in our classrooms and our courtrooms where we, we put our hands on the Bible and we vowed that we'd follow the word of God. Those days are long gone. Those days of believing the word of God. I've been in the United States Supreme Court building once in my life, and I want to tell you there's a picture of Moses there at the front, behind, engraved in granite, and the Ten Commandments are on the wall. But in our courtrooms by the hundreds and thousands across America, in our state houses and so forth, the Ten Commandments have been removed. In 1962 and 63, we moved because of one atheist woman. We removed prayer and Bible reading from our country, and we haven't, it's, it's caused the demise of our education system for sure. sure. And America has rejected truth of the word of God. We've rejected 
Now, truth is relative. We, we, we've replaced the Bible in many of our public schools. This is, this is, this is not sensationalism preaching. This is, is true. Many of our public schools have Bibles outlawed, but the Koran is studied. And uh, eternal truth has now become subjective. It becomes what you want it to be. Truth is now relative, which is, again, it's an oxymoron. Truth has changed. Churches that have banners on their church, God is still speaking, is saying that God grew up, God's matured now, and God thinks like we think. That's what they're saying. God changes, he's got new truth, new revelation. And no, God's word is final. It's forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God's word is true. Truth is not forsaken, but we have, now who have ever thought, I now see on some identification forms and some, some application forms for this, that, and other. You used to have two, two boxes. You checked one. One box said male. The other box said female. Now they got a third box, some of them, many of them, other. And it could be one of 121 different versions, of course, of course, to the new science. We're, we're rejecting biology. Uh, I heard one commentator say it this way. He's talking to a 20-year-old and said, uh, are you 61 years old? And she said, no, I'm 20. And uh, why, why do you ask? I know I'm 20. Well, why don't you, you want to choose to be 61? Why don't you choose to be 61? Well, she thought that was absurd. That's genetically impossible. Uh, you know, God made a woman and God made a man. And uh, God, God's, what God declares happens and God says, uh, male and female created he them. It makes it real simple. But now we're smarter than God. We're more sophisticated than God. We've got all the answers now. And we're getting new answers and new truth. And we're forsaking science, forsaking biology for the sake of Politically, political correctness and new truth. So truth is now subject to change. Only the narrative that the elitist and big tech wants you to know is, is the new truth. And studying for this message, I went on and I asked them some questions and I want to know how many police officers were killed in 2020. And uh, you Google that and find out what you get. You have Snopes. I got one, one website that says that during the Black Lives Matter rallies in a, that 33 people were were killed by Black Lives Matter, and there was a Snopes uh, 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 tag on there. This is false information. So I went to their website. They said in the, the first article, it said that $8 billion was committed in, in uh, uh, $8 billion of public or private uh, buildings were burned down, and 33 people were killed in, during Black Lives Matter rally, and, and uh, over 1,000 police officers were injured. So Snopes rebutted all that and said that a lot of those injuries were very minor injuries. And uh, the $8 billion was not $8 billion, it was more like 2 or 3 or $4 billion. And there was not 33 people killed by Black Lives Matter, it was only 19 people that can be substituted. So, so it's all okay after all. And truth has fallen in the street, but they had another website, and you Google the same thing I Google, you'll see. See all the murders, of so-called murders, so all the killings by cops. But it's hard to find how many... Police officers, in fact, I, I, I referenced one here. Let me, in fact, let me, I, wasn't, I left this out in the 815 service. Just, you get an extra bonus here for being here this morning here at 1030. New York City, this is on a pro-police website. It was very long here, but I'm just going to read with this soundbite. Over three, New York City, over 350 New York PD officers injured in two weeks of protest, including injuries included by hit-and-run vehicles, head-on injuries from bricks and fire extinguishers, as well as other serious wounds. It's hard to find that information online any longer because truth is being uh, canceled. 
truth is being uh, uh, is opinionated now. Truth is what what the media wants you to hear and what big tech wants you to hear. So truth is under under is being rejected rejected and being exchanged. The first truth exchange is the rejection of the Holy Scriptures. But secondly, quickly, like Judah of old, America, there's the rejection of our American as Judah rejected their. Judean, their, their Israelite history here, their heritage. America's rejecting their heritage, rejecting our heritage. Everything our kids are learning about America is bad. Yes, we own slaves there, in case you didn't know. I bet you nobody knew that, that we own slaves once upon a time in our country. Was it a terrible, egregious sin? Of course it was. Nobody, I don't know anybody that doesn't, think, doesn't understand that. To own another human being was wrong, of course. But hundreds of other nations, and I say hundreds of other nations own slaves too doesn't make it right, it's just, just historical history, but we have a great heritage of our country. We, have, we, were, we were founded on the word of God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. God's blessed our nation. We've got a lot of good things to celebrate in our nation, but not anymore. We can't even in the halls of Congress. I saw one of our United States House of Representatives tried to pass a legislation that in their, their caucus meeting or their 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 subcommittee meaning that they take 30 seconds out and pledge allegiance to the flag and got voted down. Can't even in our halls of Congress pledge allegiance to the United States of America, let alone to our, our, our country, let alone to our, to our Constitution. But we're losing our American heritage. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Deuteronomy, I, I saw Deuteronomy 6, before I, I go into that, I saw the other day, I was somewhere and I, I saw... Uh, two ladies in long black dresses, and, uh, and they had on uh, black uh, leggings, of course, and they, they were dressed real prim and proper, very, very neatly dressed and so forth. I took one look at them, and I said, well, they're Jewish. They, they, they're, they're keeping their heritage. Heritage is important. You lose our heritage, you lose our culture, you lose everything. America's losing its culture. And... The Bible says, God commanded the Israelites not to lose their heritage. In Deuteronomy 6, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Let me tell you, Harvest Baptist Church, we're supposed to love the Lord with all our, all our heart. Not part of it. Not all, not all of our soul, but all, or part of our soul, but all of our soul. Not all of our, part of our might, but all of our might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt Teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest down in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. When the pilgrims or the Puritans came in 1630 to the Massachusetts Bay Colony, their preacher, of course, uh, preached that America was a city, a shining city set on a hill. We were the new Israel. We said we put on our coins 150 years later, 100 plus years later, and God we trust. We said one nation under God. We, we undeniably, if you study the American, our American Christian heritage, our 56 founders, or rather signers of the Declaration of Independence, our founding fathers, as they call them, the majority, the vast majority of them were Christian. They were not just deists. There was a handful of deists. Of course, that's true. Everybody always points to Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin, and it could be disputed with Ben Franklin for sure. Probably deist, or rather Jefferson was a deist, no doubt about that or little doubt about that at least, but he sanctioned Christian church services in the, house, the, 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 the Capitol building every week. 
He gave us that great document that we know of in the letter, the separation of church and state document. It was a letter to the Danbury Baptist Association that he, he wrote on January 2nd, 1802, after the Baptist preacher from Cheshire, Massachusetts, John Lennon, came down with his 1,300-pound cheese. To, people used to know this history, and it's foreign history to Americans now today. He said that 1,300-pound cheese down to Thomas Jefferson, and the next day he sat down and wrote that letter, and next day John Lennon preached to Congress. And they've been, for years, the so-called deists advocated for Christian church in the Capitol building for years to come. We've lost our, our Christian heritage, I'm afraid. And so there's rejection, pardon me, of our Christian, American Christian heritage. There's a rejection, and it'll bring down the, the, the demise of America, of course, the rejection of, of uh, the Holy Scriptures, of course. And then thirdly, like Judah of old, there's rejection of traditional biblical marriage. We marry the Adams and Eves because God says a man shall leave his mother and father and shall cleave unto his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Do you notice a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave unto his, to a woman? This is awfully quiet right now, but uh, you know this is considered hate speech now, you know. We, we, we say it many times, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and it's not Adam and Anna, Anna, and, Anna and Eve. It's Adam and Eve, of course. And there's a reason for that. We believe in biblical marriage. God says, when God has joined together, let him put asunder. There's threefold purpose for marriage, by the way, biblical purpose for marriage. One is the procreation or the population of the human race. The other is for the for the physical companionship. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 4, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. And then thirdly, of course, biblical marriage between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, pictures Christ's relationship with his church. He's the bride and we're the bridegroom. Ephesians 5 and Hebrews 13, 5, he says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But we've rejected biblical marriage in our country. And we define marriage as anything, or anything, a man and a man and a woman and a woman, and soon it'll be a man and a child and a man and a woman and a child, and you say, that'll never happen. Oh, yeah? Give it time. Give it just a little bit of time, I'm afraid. And Hebrews, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, the Bible says, why do the heathen rage, the nations rage, and the people imagine a vain thing, the vain thing, the kings of the earth the politicians set themselves, in other words, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed as Christ, saying, let us break their bands asunder and let us cast away their cords from us. The Bible says in Psalm 94, verse number 20, shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief with the law. I referenced on purpose, knowing that I was going to get to this point here marriage between uh, two of our young couples. So I'm going to have the privilege of performing their weddings. One here somewhere in Connecticut, and one in uh, uh, Rhode Island, of course. And uh, it's a, it's a, again, a, it's a great privilege, of course, to be able to do that. But I used to say, by the authority invested in me as the minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in front of God and the angels of heaven in front of this great code of witnesses, and by the authority invested in me as a minister of the gospel of the state of, Conne- or the minister of, the state of Connecticut, I no longer am saying that any longer. I don't recognize physical, or rather, state marriage. I recognize biblical marriage. I recognize the fact that God, what God has joined together, let man put asunder. We're going to have a religious ceremony and unite man, or 
two human beings, a man and a woman, with uh, together under God, and I don't need the state's approval to do that. And uh, so we have the rejection of biblical marriage. It's the breakdown of, of the family. It's the breakdown of the of a nation, a breakdown of a civilization. When we lose these things, number four, quickly, and I'm looking at that clock here. We'll hurry along. Like Judah of old, America, we've had the rejection of religious tolerance towards Christians. They, the, Judah couldn't tolerate Judah, or they couldn't tolerate Jeremiah, rather. And we have many that cannot tolerate Christians, especially those that stand up for the truth. Jeremiah 38 and verse 4, let me just read it to you. Therefore the princes said unto the king, the politicians said unto the king, the House of Representatives and the senators said unto the king, if you will, in our vernacular, we beseech ye, let this man be put to death, speaking about Jeremiah. For thus he weakeneth the hands of the men of war that remain in this city, in the hands of all the people. Right now, what I've said in the last 20 minutes, however it's been, is considered by some to be hate speech. Nothing can be further from the truth. God's way is a good way. God seeks to bless you. There's warnings and there's, there's negatives and there's prohibitions that God puts in your life not to make you miserable, but to protect you and to guard you and make you better and happy and blessed. And that's what I'm trying to do. Jeremiah was trying to bless the people of Judah, trying to tell them what was going to happen and what they needed to do, but they would not heed, they wouldn't listen. So they took him in Jeremiah 38, 6, and they, they took Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon. The last part of their verse in the Bible says, in the dungeon, in the dungeon there was no water but mire, and Jeremiah sank in the mire. You know, just a side reference in regards to this tolerance. I'm glad that we still have some tolerance for Christians in America. It's, we're losing it. But this is not Miramar today. It used to be you know, Burma. I've been following that a little bit. And right now we have Christians probably by the, into the hundreds, maybe into the thousands already. They've been killed just in the last few weeks. Preachers being rounded up in Burma. There's been a military coup over there. The Chinese soldiers or government is helping as well or, or persecuting as well. In Congo, a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, it was on SRN News that 120 Christians, men, women, and children were massacred by Islamic, or we can't call them Islamic terrorists, or by radicals, whatever you want to call them. There's other places that are being judged, or rather that are being persecuted far more than we're being persecuted. But we, there used to be tolerance in our country. Tolerance didn't mean that you agree. Tolerance meant that you disagree, but you put up with it that you won't be caustic about it. It's interesting that we now have tolerance towards transgenders and transsexuals and transvestites, but tolerance does not mean acceptance. It means tolerance. We have tolerance in our country, supposedly. The Muslims, uh, you know, they, they have mercy killings for young girls. That's a fact. That happens by the thousands, tens of thousands around the around the world for sure, and probably in America in places like Dearborn, Michigan, we never hear about. They publicly execute homosexuals, Muslims do in many Muslim countries. They hold to Sharia law. There's still something called ISIS and Al-Qaeda and so forth and terrorist networks, but we're not allowed to say anything bad because that's hate speech. Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with black lives. It has everything to do with communism. Of course, black lives matter, as blue lives matter, brown lives matter, and white lives matter. But the only one group that is 
we're not allowed to tolerate, we must tolerate Black Lives Matter, we must tolerate transsexuals and transvestites and transgenders and we must tolerate Muslims and I, I do all of that, I tolerate all of that. I don't agree with any of it, but I tolerate it. I'm not gonna make war, but Christians cannot be tolerated. We're getting to that point in our country and our belief system cannot be accepted and so we're, truth is falling in the streets again. And so we see this I want to give you the four ramifications just quickly this morning here. Four ramifications, like Judah of old, for future ramifications in 2021 and forward. Because of our rejection of the Holy Scriptures, because of our rejection of marriage, because of our rejection of exchange of truth, or, or rather uh, 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 our, our, again, our heritage and our whatever points I said, I'm drawing a mental blank, I'm having a... Pardon me, I'm having a presidential moment just for the moment. It just popped and popped in my head. Yeah, so it happens to all. I I I I I shouldn't have probably said that here, but uh, I'm having a senior moment. There I'm having a senior moment. There it is. Sorry about that. That was not in my notes, by the way, just for the record. Strike that from the sound that comes out on the sound. Make sure that's off the off the tape there. One, two, three, four. Let's hurry along, please, here. Don't slow me down. You're, there's diminishing, first of all, the biblical home. We've already mentioned about the, the destruction of the marriage in our country. The, it's not a bad word, the bastardization of America or marriage in our country. There's diminishing of the biblical home. The nuclear family, uh, in the vast majority of houses, is disintegrated. When I say my three sons, people, the younger generation, have no clue what I'm even talking about. <laughs> When I say Ozzy and Harriet, uh, the older crowd doesn't have. A, I mean, the older crowd knows what I'm talking about, but nobody else does as well. We've lost uh, the semblance of a nuclear family. Divorce is forget about divorce. Just talk about the disintegration of a mom and a dad in the home. Twenty plus million kids are being raised by single moms today in America, and it's probably longer. Or, or it's an old statistic. I'm sure it's probably more than that. We've disintegrated. When the home falls, someone has said it this way, as the family goes, so goes the church, and as the church goes, so goes the nation. And the, the domino effect of the disintegration of the home, the nuclear family. Churchill said it this way, this is not the end, speaking about uh, in war, the beginning of World War II, and the, the, this is not the end, this is not even the beginning of the end, but it's perhaps the end of the beginning. The disintegration of our family is long since Lapse the end of the beginning. It's it's going to be the demise of our nation and the demise of our churches. Then there's secondly, this future ramifications going forward. As I said in the message two weeks ago, we're being judged now. I'm afraid, and most people are so spiritually dull they can't see it. They don't understand it. Secondly, there's the marginalization of Bible believers. Some of you know this firsthand, and I'll do this quickly, and we'll move on. You've got to keep your opinions and your views and your Christianity, especially private, at work. You're not allowed to have your personal opinion any longer or Christian opinion. It's, not, it's taboo. It's not, it's not uh, politically correct. It's not truth. It's falsehood, and you need to be silenced. And forget about the First Amendment. That's archaic. We get rid of that here. We want only truth, perceived truth from the elitists and from big tech and from, from, our, new, from our new halls of government and so forth. We want to... Cancel truth, and therefore cancel Bible believers. Many Christians, the Lord knows how many Christians have been fired from their work because they didn't toe the status quo line, of course. Number three, for time's sake. 
The third ramification, like Judah of old of America, is the political pressure against Christian education. Pray for Dee Spring this morning here. Dee's, I already mentioned her, of course, she's in uh, Yale New Haven Hospital. But Dee gave me this book uh, oh, a couple of months back. This, the title of this book is Bible Study Course New Testament for Dallas Public High Schools. New Testament course here. This is written in 1946, in case you're wondering. And in 1946, they have, I wish I want to take several minutes here, I'll take several seconds instead. They have an entire chapter, Required, that's the title of it, Required Memory Verses. They have Lesson 1 through Lesson 52, and Lesson 1 is the preexistence of Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is for the public schools of Dallas. And number three, lesson number three, the purpose for Christ's coming. Who can give me the purpose for Christ's coming? Anybody know the purpose for Christ's coming? Well, here's what Dallas Public School says it was, or is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what, according to Dallas Public Schools, we've gone away from the Christian education, and it's, it's now taboo, and it's now homeschool is being attacked, and private schools and magnet schools are all being attacked by the strong teacher's the unions across America that are so biased and so anti-God, anti-American, anti-Christian, I'm afraid to say, but it's true. Number four, I'm hurrying along here. Notice the fourth ramification of rejecting God and his word, and that is the positioning of America for judgment. You see, God, he's so merciful, he's so gracious. He, all day long he stretches out his arms and he says, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. He, he's merciful to a nation. He led Jeremiah preach for 40 years. This message of coming judgment. 40 years. The number of testing. The Bible says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Why can't you legitimately find American Bible prophecy? Maybe we're not around when God comes back, when Christ returns in, in the rapture. Maybe we're already gone. I don't know. I'm glad I'm a pre-tribulationist before the wrath comes. Before, but we're, gonna, we're feeling the birth pangs already, and we're not in the tribulation hour even yet. Well, then you say, preacher, two weeks in a row, or well, two out of three weeks. Thank you, Brother Dave Howard, for preaching last Sunday. I heard you did a great job, by the way. I appreciate that. Last second pinch hitter. But two weeks ago, we preached a message on judgment. Another message on judgment. I'm not going to tell you what I'm preaching next week. I'll let you figure it out. <laughs> Don't want to tell people they won't come. But you say, is there hope? There's all kinds of hope. On purpose, I read, I shared my all 52 chapters in the last couple of weeks. I read Lamentations. You get to the last chapters of Jeremiah and we find hope. I'm going to give you four of them quickly here. The Almighty's reminder. Isaiah 59 verse 1 will suffice. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. It's not that the Lord's hand is short. It's not that his ear is deaf that he can't hear. It's, it's our fault. Our iniquities have separated us. His hand can still save. His hand can still save us if we reach out. Even in this judgment, this present day judgment that we're having, many times God has a hand up. We see for Jeremiah, who's casting the muck in the mire of the prison, he would have died there. And they, 30 men came and they took, took clots of rags and they pulled him up out of, God delivered him from that dungeon. God can deliver us and protect us in the times of this judgment on America. Then there's the hand that can still save us. There's the ear. God's almighty, the reminder of Almighty God. His ear can still save. 
His ear can still save. Call on me and I will answer thee and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask. I'm a given to pessimism. I admit it. I'm sorry. Shame on me. And I, I, I don't see America coming back to God. That's Marty Schott prophecy, not Bible prophecy. God could turn us, God could bring us back to uh, him once again, all God's people said. Sure he could. If, he, if, if, we, if we turn to him, he, he would turn to us. I believe that. The question is, I, I, I don't question God. I question whether we will turn, turn to God. Then fourthly, thirdly, his touch can still heal. Second Chronicles 7, verse 14, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will they hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Fourthly, his chariot will still come. His chariot will still come. Behold, Revelation 1, 7, he that, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and all that pierced him and the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. In Revelation 22, the last chapter of the Bible says, even so come Lord Jesus. One day he's coming again. What's the message this morning here? Let me tell you in one minute soundbite and we're done. It took me 45 minutes to tell you, but I'm going to tell you in one minute. Truth is still is. The word of God is true. Every man be, let God be true, but every man a liar. What God declares happens. If God says judgment's coming, you better listen to God. It's pointed a man wants to die, but after this, uh, judgment. Jesus is still the way, the truth, and life. And fourthly, fifthly, in my worksheet here, Christ will save you all, save all that call upon him. For all that come to him, he will no wise cast out. He'll save everyone that comes to him. What a God we serve. His chariot's coming one day, and I want to be found faithful to him. I want to be found waiting for that trumpet sound. And uh, hear that trumpet sound. Amen. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, judgment, Jeremiah sounded the trumpet trumpet call of judgment, Lord, for 40 years. Lord, he gave remedies. He gave, even when judgment was certain, he told the Israelites, Judeans, what they should do, that they should submit and just uh, come under the, the, the dominion of Nebuchadnezzar and they'd be much better off, but they didn't listen. God, we're not listening to you today as America. Lord, but judgment was first beginning at the house of God. Lord, I pray for Christians this morning. I pray for this church, this assembly. Lord, we're far from a perfect assembly. In fact, we're, we're, we have many, many flaws, dear God, many, many sins. We ask your forgiveness. We humble ourselves. But Lord, you've been so good to us. This is your church and your bride. We love you, not like we should, but we love you. And we thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us. We try to trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Speak to Christian hearts. Maybe there needs to be some rededication this morning on this, uh, seems like a first day, first Sunday of 2021, in many ways, at least to me. Lord, as we're finally getting back into the house of God, it seems like, and we pray for your church going forward in this assembly, dear God. Do a work of grace, we pray. Blessed in our last moments together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand, let's take our hymn book and turn to 200 and, or excuse me, 300.